in our, of evil in our country, and we gave it to the world. So remember that we're the ones that actually uh, produced this awful season and gave it to the world. I'm going to give you some of the history, but I want you to <clears throat> first with me look, look with me at Ephesians six and verse twelve. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in a wrestling match. That we have, a, we have an enemy to fight. That there is an enemy out there that whether we care to uh, recognize it and whether we care to square it, we are in a battle. We have an enemy uh, who seeks to destroy, tear down, and uh, remove any vestige of Christianity in our lives or uh, in our nation or in our world. And we need to understand that there's a battle going on. Now, when we come to a week like this week and when we come to the celebration of Halloween, uh, we, we need to understand that, that there is an enemy. We've got all kinds of seasons throughout the year. You know, you, you've got uh, many of them are Christian and uh, other seasons are just, you know, you know, they're just we celebrate New Year. We celebrate those things and those things are fine. But when it comes to this season, it's different. It's not just another occasion to celebrate. It's not an occasion to celebrate the just put things up in your window and, and do the normal things. Because this season is a celebration of wickedness. And, you know, it, it's incredible to me. When we were kids, everybody did the, the, um, the knocking on doors and the get, getting the fruit and, the, uh, and so on. But what, there wasn't all the decoration and all the wickedness that, that, that went with it. But it was still a wicked season. It was still a dreadfully wicked season. And I remember there was, as a child, there was a draw. But the draw was not because it was just fun. It was because there was an edge to it. There was a wickedness to it. Uh, that was fascinating for us as kids. And we got up to things on Halloween night that we would never have gotten up to any other time of the year. And really, even going back as far as that, it, it was a bad night to be around. And I remember some of the things that uh, my friends did and my brothers did that, you know, on Halloween that were just that, that were crazy. And what we have is we have a celebration of wickedness. Now, understand this, that when we, when we look at Satan, you know, we're not looking at some kind of a benign being. There's nothing benign about him. Absolutely nothing benign about Satan at all. Uh, Satan wants with everything in him to destroy. Not just what God wants, but mankind. And beauty and all. He wants to destroy all that. God is love. And I honestly think that though the Bible doesn't give you in these words, Satan is hatred. That he's not capable of love. That, that he's filled with hate. That he's filled with jealousy. That he's filled with envy. That he's filled with a hatred of what God would do. And when we foolishly go along with the flow as believers when it comes to this season, we really are foolish. See, the Bible says that we're not ignorant of his devices. But sometimes we are, aren't we? Sometimes we're going along with the flow. Let me just name, give you a couple of things that, 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 that come up regularly in our society now. It, it amazes me uh, how often we, we hear of the occult now coming into our society. You know, you've got the Buffy, the, uh, the, the vampire uh, slayer, and you, 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 you've got those different programs that are, that, are, that are, you know, focused on the occult. You've got the Harry Potter series. Now, the Harry Potter series is a celebration of witchcraft. And what it's doing is it's taking the edge off it for us. It's taking the edge off it for our society. A society that's looking at those things and saying, oh, they're fine, they're fun, they're interesting, and so on. Um, 
You know, I recently noticed something about Merlin. Now, listen, uh, Merlin, <clears throat> uh, the, the magician, was, a, was a, a mythological figure and all the rest of it. But, you know, notice something about him. And it, it, what's happened is now they've, they've worked all kinds of occultism into Merlin as well. So what they're doing today is they're backtracking. They're actually going back in history and they're revising things and adding the occult into it uh, in uh, a major way. If you go to the St. Patrick's Day Parade, and St. Patrick is remembered uh, for <clears throat> removing uh, wickedness and witchcraft and defeating the Druids in Ireland, you know, if you go to the St. Patrick's Day Parade, now what you find is, listen, a huge portion of it now is actually celebrating that. They've gone back to the pagan uh, origin of the whole thing. And, you know, what Patrick actually defeated now, and celebrating his day, they're actually bringing in. The enemy's very clever. He is very clever. And we need uh, to be wise. And we need to be understand. Let me read you something of the history uh, <clears throat> of Halloween. And, <clears throat> by the way, I, I'm not going to read you all the wickedness of it because that would be defiling for us. It was a wicked time. It was always a wicked time. Halloween is not just another celebration. It's not just another harmless time for kids to have fun and to celebrate. That's what it is on the surface, but the heart of it is something completely different. Um, Among the Celtic people, that's us, by the way, folks, uh, was an elite intellectual class known as the Druids who served as religious priests, judges, lawmakers, and scientists. They had an, an elaborate pagan religious festival along with certain rituals. Chief among these was the fire festival called Samhain, pronounced Samhain, <clears throat> observed at harvest time to mark the Celtic New Year. The Celts believed that on this night, the barrier between the natural world and the supernatural was removed, and the spirits of the dead were able to move freely among human beings. Samhain was the most solemn and important night in the Celtic year. By the way, if you talk to any of the advocates of Wicca, <clears throat> Wiccans, they will tell you it's the most important night of the year. This is the night. This is the night. It's, it's, the, it's the new year, and it's the night when uh, the veil uh, between our world and they're saying the world of the dead, but it's really the world of darkness. That's really what it is, that, that, that it's at, at its thinnest uh, at this point. Um, <clears throat> Samhain, for whom the feast was named, was, was the Celtic lord of death, and his name literally meant summer's end. Since winter, winter is the season of cold, darkness, and death, the Celts believed... Uh, the Celts soon made the connection with human death. The eve of Samhain, October 31st, was a time of Celtic pagan sacrifice, and Samhain allowed the souls of the dead to return to their earthly homes that evening. Ghosts, witches, goblins, and elves came to harm the people, particularly those who had inflicted harm on them in this life. Uh, so what was happening is there were spirits that were coming back, but if you bothered somebody in their life and now they were dead, they were able to come back and, and get you. And settle the score. Can you imagine living with that kind of a belief? That would make it a terrifying time, right? Cats, too, were considered sacred because they uh, had once been human beings who were, had been changed as a punishment for their evil deeds on the earth. Uh, to protect themselves from marauding evil spirits on the eve of Samhain, the people extinguished their hearth fires, and the Druids, the priests, and the spiritual leaders uh, of the Celts built a huge New Year's bonfire of sacred oak branches. The Druids offered burnt sacrifices, crops, animals, even humans, and told fortunes uh, of the coming year by examining the burnt remains. People sometimes wore costumes of animal heads and skins. From this new fire, the home hearts were again ignited. Now, Catholic Church comes into the uh, picture, and obviously the Catholic Church is not very happy with it. So here's what the Catholic Church did. The Catholic Church changed the festival of All Saints Day, uh, which was in the springtime, to November the 1st. 
uh, to tie the two together. Because remember, Catholicism often did that. When it came in, it, you know, it, it kind of embraced what the people were doing and trying to actually redirect it. And um, so that's what happened. So All Saints Day is the 1st of November. And then <clears throat> the night before that became All Hallows Day, and hallow means holy. Uh, but really, it, it, it is the celebration uh, of sound. It's the ce- celebration of, the <clears throat> of wickedness. And wickedness is rampant in our society. And we have an enemy that wants to promote it. And really, we need to be wise about that. We need to understand that. Now, let me give you some objections uh, to uh, Halloween. First of all, I think we should stand against Halloween because it glorifies death. Now, listen, all of us are going to die one day, uh, unless the Lord raptures us. But, you know, Halloween, in a very particular sense, glorifies death and all to do with death. Death is our enemy. Nobody in their right minds wants to embrace death. We're put on this earth to live and to serve God and to achieve for him. And we don't want to embrace death. We don't want to look at death as though it's something, to, uh, <clears throat> something that's fun, something that's, that, that, that's interesting. Oh, there's all too much in our society to do with death and to do with people taking their own lives uh, you know, uh, uh, and people taking other lives. We don't want to be involved in celebrating anything to do with that. You see, death is the result of sin in the garden. It's not something for us to embrace. It's something for us to accept. Yes, if the rapture doesn't happen during my lifetime, I will die and I will go to be with the Lord. But you know what? I don't want to die a minute before his time. I want to live as full a life as possible. I want to serve him with everything that's in me for all that life. So I never want to be playing with this idea of death. Nor do I want death and gruesome death in particular to become something that's just normal for me. I, I, you know, it's something that, you know, realistically, you know, we don't want to think about. We, don't, we have all kinds of mechanisms for avoiding us from, from avoiding going there. And we don't want to be thinking about it uh, in that sense. Let me say this to you, too. <clears throat> when, we, when, when all this stuff about death comes up, what comes up is fear, right? <clears throat> now, think about it for a second. You, you've been, uh, most of you have, have at some stage been out on a Halloween night here in Dublin or somewhere else when all of it was going on, and there is an atmosphere of fear alongside excitement that's very unusual. It's a very unusual kind of a feeling that's out there. Now, when it comes to fear, we're kind of drawn to that which we're afraid of. We're drawn to fear. That's why horror movies do so well. People are drawn to fear. You know, people hate and like being terrified all at the same time. But do you know who wants us to be afraid? It's not God. Because the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. The enemy's plan for our lives is that we should be afraid, that we should live in fear. God's plan for our lives is the opposite. God plans that we should live in faith, in bold faith. And go out and serve him and do for him all that he would have us to do. But the enemy would have us to live in fear. You know, you ought to reject that in your life. You don't want to give the enemy any ground. and You don't want to be letting that into your life. You ought to reject fear and reject all that the enemy wants to do as far as that is concerned in your life. That, that's not where we want to be. That's not what we want to do. That's not who we are. We're not supposed to live in fear. And... Do understand this about yourself. There, 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 is, there, is a, there is a side of us that is drawn to that which is wicked. The enemy knows that. There's a side of us that is drawn to fear. 
When you're watching those horror movies and you're watching those awful things happening, what you're doing is you're playing right into the enemy's hands. And when it comes to Halloween night, when you kind of embrace the darkness by being involved in it, that's exactly what you're doing too. You're embracing the enemy. Now, God has a plan for your life. Do you know that? Everybody in this room, God has a plan for your life, and it's a good plan. It is a good plan. God plans for light and for good things and for blessings in your life. But you know, the enemy has a plan for your life too. And it's not a good plan. And if you're a Christian here today, he, he already has you uh, in his sights. He already has you in his sights, and he has a plan, and he's working on a plan for how to get you away from God and how to get you to the place where he can destroy you and, and, and tear you down. And, and for those of you that are foolish enough to think, I can handle it, you can't. You can't. I mean, God can handle Satan, but you know what? You can't handle him. Listen, <clears throat> uh, you are no match for the enemy. And if you're a Christian here today and you think, well, you know what, listen, I'm, going, I'm just going to go and do it anyway. I'm going to live my own life and do my own thing anyway. Understand this, that you can't handle the enemy. <clears throat> the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But when you turn away from God, you put yourself in the place where the enemy can do what he wants to with you. And his plan for you is not good. You know, don't, don't you, don't, when we look at, at everything under creation, what we normally see is we normally see even the bad guys love the bad guys. Right? There's honor among thieves. There's, you know, there's, you know, criminals love each other and take care of each other and watch out for each other. Satan doesn't do that. You watch what he does with people. He takes and he uses them and then he just spits them out and laughs at them. And if you're foolish enough this morning to think that you can turn away from God and Satan can't harm you, you're wrong. And every area that you let him into your life, every time you give him entrance into your life, every time you let him have his way in your life, listen, what you're doing is you're opening yourself up to something that you can't handle. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armor that we're supposed to wear. <clears throat> now, why do you wear armor? You wear armor because uh, you've got an enemy that's trying to hurt you and you want to protect yourself. <clears throat> now, you, you go out onto a battlefield, you know, a soldier goes out and have his helmet on, he'll have, you know, his pad, the, 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 uh, the, the gear to protect him on, uh, on, on his torso. He'll, he'll look after himself as best he possibly can. He may even get in an armored car. You know, <clears throat> he will protect his body as much as he possibly can. Right? Now, if he decides to go out there and say, look, I don't think they'll shoot me. His body is no match for the bullets of the enemy. You may go out there and say, you know what, <clears throat> I don't think the enemy will touch me. I'm no threat to him. And you may find that he just destroys you for fun. That he just takes you on just for fun. Let me warn you about that. We have an enemy that, that delights in destroying anything that God would love. That delights in taking the child of God and, and just tearing him apart and destroying him. And he will definitely do it with you if you give him the chance. Now, that's a word to the wise. If you're wise enough, you'll take that on and, you, and you'll act upon it. And if you're not, you'll, you'll carry on and do your own thing. But this is not just about Halloween. This is about life. Don't put yourself in the place where the enemy can take and destroy you. Because he would delight in destroying you. He hates you. The Bible says that as a roaring lion, he roameth about seeking whom he may devour. You know the roaring lion? A lion goes around looking for food. And it's quite a task, even though they're, they're, they're strong and they're powerful and all the rest of it. God made the other creatures fast so that they, they, they really have a, a challenge on their hands. They don't, get they don't get nearly every 
uh, prey they go after. But they roam about looking for someone to get. Looking for somebody who's easy to get. They say that a lion will sometimes run into the midst of a a herd roaring. Just to scatter everybody and see who's weakest. And then he goes after them. You know, listen, don't be foolish enough to think that the roaring lion won't notice you. That he'll let you by. Don't be, he, there's nothing benign about him. There's nothing good about him. There's nothing kind about him. He will take and he will destroy you and he will tear you apart. Understand, d- don't play with this stuff at all. <clears throat> you see, when, when, it comes to, when it comes to Halloween, it's a glorification of death. It's a glorification of the, uh, <clears throat> uh, of the results of sin in our lives. <clears throat> we need to be careful of it. But worse than that, when it comes to Halloween... <clears throat> It honors Satan and demons. I was thinking about this this morning. You know, Halloween is really uh, to <clears throat> Satan what Christmas is to God. If you look at a season in the year, that's what it is. And it's amazing. In these last of the last days, it's becoming a bigger and bigger season. When we were kids, it was one night. That's all it was. It was one night, and the, <clears throat> and the night was bonfires, um, apples, and peanuts, and um, <clears throat> a few crackers, a few firecrackers. That, that, that was it. That was all there was around. But that's not what's going on today. That's not what's going to happen in our, in our country this week. There's a, a glorification of it. And there's a glorification of all things that are wicked. Now, think with me for a second. What's the whole battle that goes on between God and Satan? Isn't it just on that basis? Isn't it just on the reality that, listen, <clears throat> God made Satan uh, the, the song leader in heaven, that he made him to worship him, and Satan decided, I'm as good as him. I will be as the Most High. What do you mean? I will get the worship. And the battle throughout the ages has been for the worship that you and I give, that, that the, the world gives to God. Now, God is the rightful owner of it because he made all things, he sustains all things, and he keeps all things. But you know what? Satan wants it. He desperately wants it. He desperately wants to get himself in the place where he gets the worship. Now, is it unreasonable for us to think that this week he's setting it up so that he gets it? That he actually sets it up so that he gets the worship. All the things of the darkness, all the things of wickedness, all the things of the enemy will be on display through this week. And people will be playing in that area. People recognize there's something bad about it and they will play with it and they will get drawn into it and they will be a part of it. And you go and talk to the people of the fire brigade. You go and talk to the guards. They dread that this night. They absolutely dread this night because all kinds of things happen on this night. And you know, listen, what happens is Satan gets honored on Halloween. His name gets lifted up. You know, he is the prince of this world. He's the prince and the power of the air. And his purpose in making war on God is, first of all, that he gets the worship. And secondly, when he can't do that, he wants to get you. And, and remember, that's what he's doing. He's going after it. Um, he, he opposes and disturbs everything uh, that is of God. He, he wants to tear it down, destroy it. And he goes after it. That's just the way it is. That's what we need to expect from him. Why would we expect anything else? Now, he is a defeated foe. Jesus defeated him. On the cross. The Bible says in Colossians that he made a show of him openly triumphing over him. That Jesus defeated Satan. That Satan is a defeated soul. But you know what? He's not given up until the last minute. 
I honestly think that somehow in his heart he thinks that, that somehow he'll turn the table, somehow he'll actually turn it around and he will win in the end. But he is a defeated foe. Now, here's the thing. He is a defeated foe. His power in your life was broken by the cross. His power in your life, any power he had was broken. It was taken away from him. You have to give it back to him. You have to step out there. And it, it amazes me how often Christians play in areas that, should have, that they really should have nothing to do with, and they get drawn back in. They get drawn in. It amazes me that everybody in this room that got saved, you know, after you got saved, there was a change. After you got saved, listen, you know, you got wings. After you got saved, things that used to be a problem for you weren't a problem for you anymore. But what happens for believers very often is they go backwards after a while. And what they do is they make compromises. And the enemy gets in. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to take you and he wants to destroy you. You can't afford to worship him for a moment. Look at me at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself in the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Right? <clears throat> now, the idea that we can pull down strongholds means that there, have, there has to be the possibility of building strongholds there. Now, let's consider for a moment that you had an enemy. And the enemy came and they decided that they were going to build a city, that they were going to build a castle, that they were going to build a fortress on your territory. You'd say, no way, not a chance, uh, we're not letting you in. What believers often do, though, is they compromise with the enemy, and the enemy's response to it is to come and to take and to build a fortress in their minds. And so he takes and he builds a fortress, and he uses the fortress then as a means to control you. Right? And deceivers, believers often get deceived in that way. And here's the problem. The problem is that when you're deceived, you don't know it. If you knew you were deceived, you wouldn't be deceived. When the enemy builds a fortress in your mind, you don't know it. Now, what can the fortress be? Well, the fortress can be anything that pulls you away from God and puts you back in the place uh, where Satan can control you. Anything. He'll use anything. I mean, the one he used with Eve uh, was he told Eve, God doesn't really love you. God's not really in. He's just interested in holding you back from being as good as him. And so Eve bought the lie, and they got removed from the garden on the head of it. And he's been planting that lie in people's minds ever since. He likes to deceive. Now, you can stand against him, you can reject him, but he's going to try and deceive you. He's going to try and get his thoughts across you. He's going to try and, try and somehow build a fortress in your mind. And when he builds the fortress in your mind, it will control you. You know, so what kind of a fortress does he build in your mind? Well... God doesn't love me. Christianity doesn't work. I can't have victory. 
And when those things go in and lodge in your mind, they become real to you. But you know how they get in? They get in by you giving them space, by you compromising them by, with them, by you letting them have some leeway in your life. Yep. And one of the ways you can do that is you can be involved in the wickedness of this week. You can let yourself get drawn into some of those things and you can end up in the place where you give him space to build a fortress in your mind. Let me say this to you, though. Those of you that are on the verge or that are struggling with it, Christianity is the most reasonable faith there is. It really is. Christianity, you know, I've looked at different world religions. It is the most reasonable faith there is. We were made born to worship. Everybody all over the world worships. They worship something. We were born to worship. God put it in us to worship him. And only Christianity answers to that call in your heart in a real, reasonable, loving way. And when you come to the place in your mind where you decide, well, Christianity is not it. And I mean true Christianity, real Christianity. Listen, what you've done is you bought a deception somewhere along the line. You've bought into a lie somehow. You've bought into something that's not true, and the something that's not true becomes a fortress, and you end up with a fortress in your thinking um, that stops you from going God's way and prevents you from living the way God would have you to go. And let me say this to you too. When it says that... When the Bible calls Satan a deceiver, and we know him to be a deceiver, and we think we can't be deceived, we've already swallowed a lie. Because anybody in this room can be deceived. But notice what it says back here in 2 Corinthians. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You can cast down imaginations through the power of God. You can bring your thinking into captivity. You can actually do it through the power of God. You can actually take those strongholds and you can remove them from your mind. But what you've got to do is you've got to recognize, first of all, hang on a minute, I've got a problem here. I've got, a, I, I've got an issue here. I've got a difficulty here. I've got a deception here. And you've got to start thinking, right. It says, every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. You know, I'm convinced that among Bible-believing Christians, among those who know the Bible, the, the issue for us is not the fact that we don't know enough Bible. You know what the issue is? The issue for us is that we don't trust the truth we already know and act upon it. But when we trust the truth and act upon it, it works. I've, I've done it again and again. So have many of you. you. You've trusted God's truth. You've acted upon it and you've found it to be real. That when God speaks, it's as real as bricks and mortar. But you know what? You never know what till you actually trust it and step out upon it. But when we trust God, the reality shows. But when we don't trust God, it's easy for us to say, no, I don't believe that. That's not true. That doesn't work. And we, and we walk away from it. And what Satan is about this week is he's about taking you and destroying the faith that would have you walk with God and depend upon God. He's about taking you and destroying reality. See, the reality is that God created and God sustains everything on this planet. And when you believe something else, you're not being real. You're not actually being true. You're accepting a lie. And that's what Satan's about. He's about taking that out from under you and bringing you to the place where 
you're not able to stand on the truth at all. But you can win. You can cast down <clears throat> imaginations. You can pull down strongholds holds by the power of God. You can bring your thoughts into the obedience of Christ. Now, what does it mean to bring them into the obedience of Christ? Here's what it means. It means to take your thoughts and bring them to the place where, Jesus, would you agree with this? And you submit them to him, and when you know he agrees, with that's fine for you to think. Everybody, all the philosophers recognize the power of your thinking over your life. Do you know that? Everybody does. It's not just Christianity. Everybody recognizes the power of your thinking. You know, if you go to any of the self-help people, if you go to any of the self-development people, they, they will talk about the power of your thinking. Uh, and, and they will always hit that real hard because that, that's very important to you. When it comes to your Christianity, the enemy knows that the power of your thinking is where to go. And he'll take and he'll put thoughts in that are off, thoughts that are not right, and use those thoughts to, 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 to tear it down in your head. And you've got to say, no, I'm going to think right thoughts. I'm going to think biblical truth. And when you think biblical truth and walk in biblical truth, it's true. It's very true. It's real. You need to, <clears throat> to walk that way. Um, but you need to take your thinking and you need to, you need to <clears throat> bring it to Jesus. It needs to be what, agree, what he would agree with. Um, also, that we need to understand that <clears throat> one of the reasons why we should be against Halloween is because people sin on Halloween. Now, look, people sin all year round. People sin every night of the week. That's weird. But Halloween is different. Halloween is, is, is that night when it, when it gets to be acceptable. Halloween is that night when doing stuff that you wouldn't do any other time of the year uh, <clears throat> comes to be acceptable. And, and make no mistake about it, that sin in our world and the, how rampant it is, uh, is not just an accident. And it's not always been like that. There's always been sin, but there's a lot more sin right now. There's always been sin, but in our society particularly, there's a lot more of it being accepted. It's being embraced. It's okay now. And <clears throat> Satan's behind that. He wants to bring people into the bondage of sin. And, and isn't it interesting that, you know, for our free people, as free as we claim to be, we're really not very free. You know, as a people, as a generation, all kinds of bondage. You know, <clears throat> bondage to sin, bondage to computers, bondage to substances, all kinds of bondage in people's lives. You know, there's all kinds of issues that are holding people. And isn't it amazing, too, that when somebody turns away from God, they always walk into bondage. They're not freer. They don't see life in a better way. They always walk into bondage. You see, Satan's behind that. He wants you to walk into bondage. He wants you to come to the place where, you're, where, the, where there's no freedom in your life. He, he, he wants people snarled up in sin. And there'll be a lot of kids out there uh, <clears throat> this week. They'll have their first drink this week. They'll have their first smoke this week. They'll do drugs for the first time this week. There's a lot of, lot of stuff going to happen out there this week uh, that's bad in this week. And we ought not to be involved in it because... Listen, it's an occasion for sin and that makes sin acceptable. Let me close with this, though. Um, <clears throat> we call ourselves Christians. We, we belong to the Lord and we walk with the Lord. We can't walk in two directions at the same time. We, we can't be God's people and follow after the enemy at the same time. There has to be choices that we make. You know, we have to actually come down on one side or on the other. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 21, it says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You can't do both at the same time. And when it comes to <clears throat> uh, Satan, you need to make a stand against him. You need to make a stand against the wickedness. And not just this week, not just Halloween, but listen, that stuff that, that, that comes on your TV screen. 
that is glorifying him. And anything to do with witchcraft is glorifying him. Understand it. Uh, it's glorifying him. Uh, he's involved in it. You can't do both. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He's not sure where he's going. He's not sure how he's going to keep life going. You understand that, listen, what's going on this week is something that you ought to have a part in because you belong to the Lord. You're, you're the children of light. What are you doing in darkness? You're, you're a child of the heavens. You're a pilgrim on your way home. What, what would you be doing in darkness? You see, <clears throat> there's nothing about Satan or his workings that is attractive to God. God hates it. God hates all of it. And we should stand against it. We should make it clear that we're not involved in it. God hates every false way. <clears throat> he said, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. God saw the wickedness in man, and the wickedness in man in Genesis chapter 6 was so bad, and it was the evil in his heart that God decided to destroy the world over it. And man today thinks, you know what? That's all in the old days. We're in charge. We're in control. We'll run it our way and do our, do, our, do our own thing. But you know, the Bible says that God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you know why God's holding back the end? Because he wants people to come to repentance. God has not lost his power. God is not in a place where he doesn't know what to do. He is holding back what he has declared in the word that he is going to do. And I think we may very well see it in our lifetime. We may see him do it. We may actually see him stop holding back and begin to deal with sin. We may actually see the day come when God says, that's it, it's over. No more holding back and God begins to deal with sin. Now listen, if we're the children of light, we don't want to compromise with the enemy. We don't want to be involved in what he's doing. God hates the wickedness of this week. God hates the wickedness of Satan. And if we love God, we ought to hate it too. Let's set in our hearts, up, not just for Halloween, but the throughout the year, that the wickedness that comes up from Satan, that the, the, the films, that the, uh, the junk that comes up, that the horror movies, that all the rest of it, that we deal with that in our hearts and we don't get taken in by it. Because I guarantee you, if you let yourself be taken in by it, it will do you damage. It will do you hurt. If you let the enemy take you and draw you in, in any area with his wickedness, he will use it to hurt you. And remember, he has no care for you. That when he's done hurting you, listen, <clears throat> he will just cast you aside. But if you make a stand for God, well, you'll make him furious. If you decide in your heart, listen, I'm going, I'm going to walk with God. And me and my house, we're, we're going to stand for the Lord. If you, if you make the decision that you're going to stand for God, listen, he will be furious. But you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ will protect you and he can't touch you. Now, doesn't that make complete sense to us? Why do we fight against what's good for us? I realize most of you are in the place where you're looking at this weekend. There's no way you're going to get involved in it. But for those of you that are on the... Uh, on the border, for those of you that are thinking about it, for those of you that are maybe questioning whether you should be involved or not, listen, get out of it completely. Don't be involved in any part of it. Uh, on Wednesday night, we'll have a time for the kids. Uh, instead of them going knocking on doors and getting food, they can come here to the church and, uh, and we'll have a time of light and a time of looking to the Lord. And you know what? 
You as an adult, you need it too. Don't just sit home on Wednesday night. Come to church. We'll praise the Lord. We'll worship together. And uh, we'll look to his word and we'll be blessed from it. But listen, Satan's wickedness is known to us. Don't let's yield to any part of it. And as it gets darker, it gets easier for us to get sucked in. It gets easier for us to be just compromised a little bit. Let's stand against it for all we're worth. And let's come out shining in a dark day. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, your, for this day. Thank you for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing uh, that you bring. And, oh, Lord, we look to you and we depend upon you now, Lord. Lord, we're not able in, in and of ourselves to stand against the enemy, but, Lord, you are. And, Lord, I know there are some, uh, Lord, who are <clears throat> compromising in areas of their lives and giving the enemy advantage. All oh, blessed spirit of the living God, would you bring quick convincement to their hearts that that's a foolish way to go on? And, Lord, there are others, Lord, that are, uh, Lord, perhaps uh, not doing that in their own minds, but, Lord, in a way they are because in this week they're going to be involved in it. They're watching TV programs. They're dealing with stuff that they shouldn't be dealing with. Now, blessed Spirit of the living God, would you do a work in our hearts? Would you cleanse us? Uh, Would you bring us to the place, Lord, where we can be real children of the light and walk in light? And would you bless us this week, Lord, and let us know victory and let us know souls being saved. And, Lord, may there be just uh, a precious time as we look to you and as we stand for you that we know your blessing and know your power. Now, Lord, we love you. Lord, help us to show that love and help us to let a world see the light of the gospel, even in this dark week. In Jesus' precious name, amen.